Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Now we're joined by a good friend, going to be a feature on the Nick Brown Show every Saturday, and that is the Mid-Major Report, brought to you by Magnolia Home Health. And you come in wearing an Aaron's Aces shirt. Yes, uh, yes, I am, and uh, I worked hard for this shirt. Very, very, very hard, and uh, it has a little story behind it. It's, I don't know if you have time for oh, it. Oh, we've got now. time. This is but, a... uh, but yeah, a good friend of mine I grew up with. Uh, his mom married Aaron Dietrich, and so we were at Landry's. Doing their five-year anniversary, by the way. Yes, so they are in Cabo. Congrats. Yes, congratulations, to Aaron and Kim. Uh, so yeah, we were at Landry's Vineyard uh, last year, and uh, we're having a few bottles of wine, watching a good concert. And uh, my and my buddy was there, Colby, and uh, his mom's married to um, Aaron. So they invited us over after the uh, concert to have burgers and you know, watch the NBA playoffs. So I said, all right, that's fine. So that you know, night goes on, and uh, I've always wanted a racing for an Aaron's Airs T-shirt. And uh, he said, let's do it. If you win, then uh, I'll give you an Aaron's Airs T-shirt because I felt like I should should have gotten one in high school. Because of your, your uh, running ability, yes. So I thought, uh, felt like that uh, I deserved one in high school. So. Entitled mentality. Exactly. So uh, so we go and uh, we've had a few adult beverages, and uh, and we get to run in. And halfway through the, uh, through the race, I hear Aaron just cramp up and hits the ground. So not only did he pull one hamstring, he pulled two hamstrings. So, so I, you want, would you have won the race had he not pulled? I don't know because about halfway through he was he was right there with me. So uh, it it would have been pretty close. Now we're going back. You talk about what you've done. We're talking to Hunter uh, Coswell. I call him Hoot. And you're back. You were uh, a cross country runner. That's what you were referring to. Yes, I ran at uh, Russell High for four years, uh, and then I ran two years at Tech for and, Coach Stanley. Hey, yeah, so you had state championships in high school? I did, I did, in uh, All-State. Uh, all four oh, years. look at that, through the All-State all out there. All four years in cross-country, three years in track, so I felt like I should deserve the... Uh, did you put it on a letter jacket? You got All-State? I do not, I do not. You really I don't, do I don't know, I have to look. I have to, it's it, it's hidden in the closet at my parents' house. Now, one thing that you and I both enjoy, and that is the the group of five, and we call them mid-major. A lot of people don't like that term, but what's a mid-major report brought to you by Magnolia Home Health, and what are we going to talk about today I'm, on our mid-major? I'm going to break down my top five mid-major teams coming into the 2016 uh, season, but also have three honorable mentions that felt like that still need some recognition because they're still going to have a good year, not only um, in their non-conference schedule, but their conference schedule, and they're probably going to compete for a conference championship. Uh, so the three honorable mentions that I have is the first one is Appalachian State. App State, uh, yeah, App State, which I think they're going to do. I think they're going to do very, very well in the Sun Belt. But they have a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. Uh, they open at Tennessee, which we all know that's going to be a tough one. Then they're at home for two games against Old Dominion and uh, the U Miami coming to their house. Miami is going to App State. Miami is going to App State for the third game. Then they go to Akron. So uh, I'm I'm kind of worried about if their non-conference schedule is going to hurt them going into conference. Um, but I feel like if they can come out of there maybe two and two, um, you know, one and three, if they're not all banged up, then I think they should make a good run in the Sun Belt. You know, interesting, you talk about App State. That is a program uh, that uh, dominated on the FCS level. Many remember the victory over Michigan years ago. Yep. But that is one that you see, and it is the plight of the – the, the mid-majors is the fact that you talk about the gauntlet of a schedule now. Congratulations for them from Miami. 
coming to their place, it, and that is a home-and-home. Home. Uh, Miami's coming to their place first, and I think it's next year they're going to uh, to, to, to the U. So. That is one that Mark Rick needs to win in year one yeah. or his tenure. I mean, honestly, we're talking, already talking about year one, but what they went through with Al Golden, that's going to be what – is the, what is the date of the Miami game? Uh, let me see. I, I know it's the third game of the year. The third game of the year is just uh, going to be September 3rd, 10th, 17th? September 17th, yep. So there you go, September 17th. Yep. So then, yeah, I mean, on I Dominion, mean, even though they are young, they're still going to be a good team. That is Bobby Wilder, head coach of that program, so I'm at Conference USA Media Day. That is because of their location and because of the size of the city. That is one that has been mentioned to be part of the AAC, you know, when if, if and when all of that, ta- well, not if, when all that takes place. Yep. I'm anxious to hear your other honorable yep. mentions. And uh, my second one, Southern Miss. Your, your your Golden Eagles, you know, they also have a tough schedule, non-conference schedule as well. You know, they start out with Kentucky, which I think that is a winnable game. And then, you know, later in the middle of the year, they have they have to go to, to uh, Death Valley at LSU. But uh, but the other two non-conference uh, games, you got Savannah State and Troy. So those are winnable games. But I think they are going to win the West and the Conference USA and potentially uh, knock off either Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee. We'll, you know, just what, whichever of those two teams uh, avail. What helps the Golden Eagles out, I think, in new head coach Jay Hobson. Although he's a new head coach at the FBS level, the years that he had at Alcorn, the success he had there, and the fact that he has been on the staff at Michigan. We talked about the other day. He's been on the staff at Delta State, been on the staff at LSU. Brings a wealth of experience. So it's not going. He is not going to be overwhelmed in his first year of being a head coach, going into these places, and also being the head coach at Alcorn. He's going to places to coach as well. Correct. Yeah. I mean, when you when you have the best quarterback probably in the conference, uh, then you're pretty loaded at the uh, the skill position as far as running backs, tight ends, receivers. Then you're going to be fine, and you have a good group of guys coming back on defense. They're going to be fine. Uh, and that schedule sets up very nice for them. Uh, you know, you don't have Kentucky and LSU in the first two or three games. You got them spread out. You got Kentucky, which is a winnable game, and you got LSU later in the middle of the road. So, you know, tied all in with that, uh, with you know Savannah State and Troy. But then you have a uh, pretty easy non, uh, um, pretty easy conference schedule in Utah. Uh, I mean, UTEP, Rice, UTSA. So it sets up pretty nice for them. And then uh, the other third uh, honorable mention team I like. Yeah, everybody gets an honorable mention honorable for you mention. now. I mean, you're a, everybody gets a trophy <laughs> guy. Well, I'm Seventeen just, honorable mentions. I'm just, I'm just giving a little consideration because, you know, the top five, you know, there's some really good teams in the major this year. So, And the third team is South Florida. Uh, I think they're going to uh, contend for the uh, for the West Division, even though Lindy has them winning. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the East Division, even though Lindy has them winning the East. I don't have them winning the East. I have Temple winning the East. Willie uh, Taggart, but, and they, they just got a big, you know, we signed up for these notifications on the phone, and we're talking the mid-major report brought to you by Magnolia Home Health. going to be every Saturday. Maybe move it to 9 o'clock because you've got so much to say. But And I figured a big-time recruit uh, over uh, Alabama and Auburn and several other SEC schools this past week. So Really? Willie Taggart finally so, make the road. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to be loaded on offense and great, uh, great defensive core coming back. So, so they're going to be fine uh, in the American. But my top five, and uh, the first one or number five, I go with is Temple. Temple, I like them from the get go. Uh, they're going to be loaded on both sides of the ball, uh, with the uh, starting with the quarterback at P.J. Walker, and then uh, one of my favorite uh, running backs because I had him last year. My fancy, Kyle's fancy. Uh, team last year in uh, Jihad Thomas, so he is going to be good, probably one of the better running backs in, uh, in the conference. Um, then on both sides of the ball, as far as defense side of the ball, they got pretty much everybody returning except for three starters, uh, so I think Temple is going to... Um, 
What is their out of conference if you got it? What is, who is their big time opponent? I know you. It's actually pretty favorable for them non conference wise. They only have one tough game, and that's at Penn State, uh, September seventeenth. But they open up with Army um, and uh, Stony Brook both at home. They're on the road at Penn State, and then they have Charlotte at home on the twenty fourth of September. So uh, they all their non conference is going to be pretty weak. Um, I think Penn State is a winnable game. I think they will win that game. Uh, then you know they open up with a conference schedule uh, with uh, SMU, which is a winnable game. A uh, a uh, downloaded uh, Memphis team that's not going to be uh, as good as last year, losing just about everybody in their uh, in their head coach to Virginia Tech and Fuente. So, so I don't see them struggling in their uh, in their side of the uh, conference play. Um, but my fourth team. I've been uh, kind of going back and forth, 23rd and 14th. But my fourth team's going to be uh, South uh, San Diego State. I'm very pretty high on them. They got a lot of returning on both sides of the ball. They haven't filled their quarterback position yet, even though it's going to be uh, Christian Chapman, who played the last two games last year, uh, uh, last year of their uh, the, uh, conference championship game, and they beat Cincinnati and Hawaii Bowl. So. Uh, if they can fill that quarterback position and get Chapman on his feet and rolling, I mean, they're going to be fine. Uh, that offensive side of the ball is going to be loaded. They return everybody except for one on the offensive line, so they're going to be fine as far as protecting him. And uh, they got good receivers and probably the best uh, running back in the conference in Danelle Pumphrey, probably one of the better ones in the nation as well. But uh, kind of worried about that defense on the front seven. They only return two of the, of the seven, so it kind of worry, worries me there. But they return everybody in the secondary, and that secondary is, is really, really good. And we all know what a rocky long team is going to look like. They're going to protect the ball, run the ball, and play great defense. So uh, they want to make it as low scoring as possible. Uh, so I have San Diego State at four. Then at three, I got Western Michigan, probably one of my favorite teams out of this whole mid-major field. Really? I love you know, Western Michigan. I, I, I love Western Michigan. I love what they have returning. Uh, you know, Zach Terrell leading the way. And then they had the two-headed monster at running back in Bogan and Franklin. Uh, they're going to be good, and then you have Corey Davis, one of my one of my favorite players. I also had on my on my fancy team last year, who did very well for me. But they also have, and just think about it, if they had Daniel Braveman that came back who didn't leave last year for his junior season for the NFL, they would have been loaded on the offensive side of the ball because they had the next Corey Davis in line that's going to start. And Keyshawn Watson, he is going to be very good. It's a name you got to look out for. Uh, he is coming into his freshman year, but I think by year two or three, he is going to be the next Corey Davis, and he's going to be very, very good. I'm really interested in their non-conference schedule. First, two of their first three games, they got at Northwestern. And, you know, Vegas is scared of them, too, because they got Northwestern only a, a touchdown favorite. So, uh, so you know that Vegas is uh, having a little bit of love for Western Michigan. Then they have a cupcake at North Carolina Central. Or, I'm sorry, at home at North Carolina Central. Then they go to Illinois. Lovey Smith, Illinois, fighting Illini. I think they'll win that game. They'll Tabor put on the big board. Uh, I think they'll beat Illinois that game. And then they go. They have home against Georgia Southern. They're not a bad team as well with Matt Britta, probably one of the better running backs in the Sun Belt Conference. So in that running attack, so that's going to be a good game as well. I'm really loving their non-conference schedule and seeing how they uh, do You know, and, and Lindy's loves them, too. The ranking is 48. And Lindy's showing a lot of love for the uh, MAC this year. Yep, they are. So I'm really I'm really worried, uh, really um, hype on them. But then one and two, it's probably no, uh, uh, probably uh, not a big shock to everybody. Spoiler alert. Number two would be Boise State. Yes. Boise State, they don't rebuild. They just reload. They're going to be fine. Um, at that two position, but number one, I got Houston. Of course, they're going to be the better 
uh, you know, the, probably the best team out of the whole mid-major uh, group of five, or I can't say group of five, but uh, the whole uh, the whole mid-major, they're going to be fine. Now, Greg Ward's going to be leading the way. they got plenty on the uh, offensive side of the ball. They also have a uh, Texas Longhorn transfer um, in Duke Catalan, who's going to be really, really good as far as uh, – uh, he's only a sophomore, so uh, that's a name to look out for. And plus, you know, they got the biggest game of the year for them opening up, and that is uh, at, um, at uh, I want to say that's Reliant – well, not Reliant, but in, in, uh, NRG Stadium. That is the uh, Texans' uh, home field. Uh, but they, have, they host Oklahoma, so I'm uh, very looking forward to that game. They're not conference schedule. Um, you know, after that, they have Lamar. Then they do host Louisville, second to the last game of the year. So uh, they're going to be uh, someone to look out for, uh, definitely in the mid-majors. Not in the mid-majors, but nationwide, because uh, Lindy does have them at the uh, 12th ranking. Now, before we close it out, I want you to tell us a little bit about Magnolia Home Health, about Western Michigan. Did you skip over that game with Northwestern? You think they're going to? Breeze into Evanston, Illinois, and take care of the Wildcats? I, I, I don't think they'll beat Northwestern because uh, first game of the year, but I do think they'll beat Illinois third game. Of the okay, year. I was wondering because I know you kind of skipped over that one. Look forward yeah. to it. And, uh, that, that's going to be a good one to watch. And certainly appreciate the uh, mid-major report brought to you by Magnolia Home Health. Let's talk a little bit about Magnolia Home Health. Yeah, Magnolia Home Health Care is a home care agency providing skilled nursing services, home health aides, physical therapy, occupational and speech therapy, all within a 50-mile radius of Arcadia. So call the friendly folks at 263-2100 or come visit them at 1285 Pine Street, Suit 100 uh, in Arcadia. And let Magnolia Home Health Care help the one you care for. All right, that is the uh, mid-major report brought to you by Magnolia Home Health. We'll have that every Saturday morning. You hear the group Alabama. You know, we're going to turn to uh, Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, Back from his mission trip and has been under the weather but a team player today, and that's Lynn Scarborough. Lynn, how are you? Hey, Nick. It has been probably about a month since we uh, since we were on the air, and, and five weeks from right now. Now, uh, in the SEC, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina will have already played, and, uh, and there are a good many uh, games played on that Thursday uh, night and, I believe, Friday night. And well, of course, and there's that game between California and Hawaii that's going to be uh, – Four weeks from today in Australia, and that that would be an interesting one to cover. But uh, I think five, you should make that happen. Today we'll have we'll have folks in our listening audience that are driving to stadiums for the uh, first uh, first big football weekend of the season. Well, now that's one. If you'll talk to uh, Lindy Davis, I think you and I could go to Australia and, and cover that game. I, I I would take one for the team and do that. Hey, I guarantee, you, buddy, I would too. I would I would love to do that. I don't know if that game's in Sydney or Melbourne. And uh, if it's in Melbourne, I probably know some folks that will be uh, – got a group of big college football fans in Melbourne that, uh, that I, I correspond with and they keep up with our columns and website. And I've, I've actually attended some games or a game with them. And then uh, Dan Butterly, who's the associate commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, has a, uh, has a sports show, uh, sports talk uh, in. He's got a, a friend who's a sports announcer in Melbourne. And uh, every Sunday after the uh, college football on Saturday, Dan has a has a show in Melbourne, Australia. So if it was in Melbourne, we got some contacts. We might just pull something together. Well, and I want I want you to say before we get into breaking down the SEC and everything, all the happenings within the Southeastern Conference in college football. I want to I want to ask you a little bit about how the uh, mission trip went. You know, we're a part of we're doing it from the depot, which is a part of the ministry of First Baptist Church. I know you guys. Uh, may it make great inroads and with your mission trip. How was it a successful trip this year? Yeah, it was, Nick. Um, 
uh, I, 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 we're talking off the air, probably the hottest. Uh, I've been uh, I've been working over there, you know, 20 years. It's, I think, our 18th time to, to be over there. And, um, and it's been hot before, but it was it was consistently every day in the 90s, up in the mid-90s. And um, the work we did was outside work, so it was, it was hot. Part of our team did a uh, vacation Bible school and, and uh, crafts and activity camp at, a, at an orphanage camp um, in a community called Lubatine. And uh, our group worked with a, uh, with a church doing a, a building expansion and, uh, and uh, finishing up a soccer field behind a church in Zalutina, Ukraine. It's a, uh, another kind of western suburb there. And, um, and th- this church, people who keep up with the news know this, the Russian insurgents and, uh, and terrorists uh, invaded that country about a year and a half to two years ago. And uh, they currently occupy uh, the Crimean Peninsula is probably a lost cause. But they currently occupy parts of two states over there. Uh, we have 50 states in America. They have 19 in Ukraine. They call them oblast. And, um, and the far eastern portion of two of their oblasts are occupied by Russian insurgents and uh, Christian uh, refugees that have been displaced by the, by the Russians um, are, are in the areas where we work. And so uh, a good bit of the work we did was in support of these churches that are, that are supporting the people who have been driven out of their homes and churches by the, by the Russian terrorists. So appreciate you asking. That's what we did, and it was um, very, very successful work. It's, it's long. It's not, uh, it's not a trip for the weary. But uh, but it's but the work work is worthwhile. We feel blessed to be able to, to do it. Well, I certainly uh, appreciate you doing that. I know you came back and were a little under the weather, so I certainly appreciate you uh, joining us here today on the Nick Brown Show. It's Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and let's talk about everything because now we're getting close. Uh, you know, certainly interesting. I think Lynn, one of the things to watch this season, and I talked about it earlier today. You know what Hugh Freeze has been able to do at Ole Miss, but now you've got that. Semi-cloud with Larry Tunsil, and then you recently this past week had a player arrested for domestic violence. It's going to be a uh, a difficult year, I think, and I looked at their schedule for the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, well, we've got them picked third in the West, and, and you know, the, they've got one of the two things. We always talk about it's your, it's your upper-class leadership, particularly quarterback, and your schedule. Who do you play? Where do you play them? Um, the, the quarterback they've got, Chad Kelly's best quarterback in the conference. Now, Josh Dobbs is mighty good, and you can make a case for him. But, but when Chad Kelly's on, he's the best quarterback in the conference. And a, an outstanding quarterback will carry you a long way. And Ole Miss has that. And uh, on the flip side, uh, of course, everybody in the Western Division, really everybody in the conference, but everybody in the Western Division has a very difficult schedule. But Ole Miss opens uh, in Florida, neutral field supposedly, but uh, against Florida State. And my memory, if it's correct, is that they play Georgia and Alabama before the end of September. Now, they, they do get Alabama at home, and I, I'm not sure about Georgia. They may get Georgia at home. But, um, but that's going to be a tough nut. And if, um, if they can come out of that, uh, you know, and, and they may because of having, having the home game with Alabama. And they've beaten Alabama the last two years. There's no reason to automatically think Alabama will win that game because Alabama doesn't have a quarterback that's proven. But, um, but they, got a, they got a tough nut with that. And, and Ole Miss doesn't have the depth. They've got some really quality players, but, but Ole Miss does not have the depth that, that the other traditional powers in the conference has. They have had, they had a really, really good recruiting year with, uh, with, uh, you know, with Larry Tunsil and, and uh, Treadwell and those guys. Um, and, and then they had another really good recruiting class last year. But, and they've had good recruiting classes, but they haven't consistently had top ten recruiting classes over the last 
you know, half a dozen years, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn, uh, and some of those years Florida and Tennessee and, and Texas A&M have had. And Ole Miss does not have the depth that those other teams that I just named have. And so if they, they can't afford to have injuries, uh, you know, and, and they can get worn down more, I think, than other teams because they don't have the, they don't have the amount of depth that these other teams have. I look for Ole Miss to be a good team. Uh, and as long as Chad Kelly is, um, is healthy and, and is playing well, then they got a chance in, in every ball game that they play. But I do agree. They, they did, it doesn't help that they've had the off-the-field distractions. It doesn't help that they've got a cloud over their head. Um, you know, they need everything to, to fall in place well now in this last month before the season starts. Well, you are 100% correct, and that is uh, Alabama and Georgia will both be before the end of September. So the first four games, Florida State, then they get a break with Wofford, then you got Alabama and Georgia. So it's going to be tough, and if Ole Miss can come out anything better than 1-3 and three after those first four games, I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah, and you got a lot of teams that are that way. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but if you look at LSU, they open with Wisconsin. Uh, they have to go to Auburn. Uh, Auburn opens with Clemson, uh, who some folks have got picked to win the national champion this year, and Deshaun Watson, who a lot of folks have picked to win the Heisman Trophy. And before the end of September, they played Texas A&M uh, and LSU. Uh, you know, you've got Alabama opens with Southern Cal, and, and then we already mentioned they have to play uh, have to play at Ole Miss. So, the, you know, the SEC West particularly is just absolutely loaded. We, we've talked about it. Really, since last fall, when when they announced the, uh, the the games for the start of this football season, and I think this is uh, among people that are really football historians and, and they keep up with it well. This is probably the most anticipated start to a season, maybe ever in college football, because I you can make a case that in the first two weeks of the season, particularly the first week, but you got some some games the second week as well, uh, that you've never had a season that has this many big name traditional powers playing intersectional and, and uh, cross-conference games uh, that, you've, that you've ever had. You know, I haven't even mentioned, you know, Stanford going to Kansas State and Texas playing Notre Dame and uh, Ohio State, I believe, goes to Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, these are all early in the season, a lot of them the first week of the season. You're going you're gonna to know by the end of September this year which teams are contenders and which teams are pretenders, probably more so than any time, uh, you know, that I, that I can remember. And in the SEC, just take the just take the the four that we've mentioned out of the way. Hey, and A uh, and M plays UCLA, and they they go to Auburn. I don't remember who else they play in September, but um, but just take those teams I've named right there. Get, get, tell, tell me which SEC team or which of the two. Let's take those five teams. Tell me which of the two comes out of September with no losses or just one loss. Well, you and, know, and, and those are the teams that are going to be the contenders. And then here's the thing, see, that that schedule is so heavy up front that I think one of the great battles that we would be talking about if it weren't for the others, you didn't even mention Georgia, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, that's right. No. Oh, oh, that's right. No, there are there, – I saw a listing of the top 15. Somebody had put a thing out rating the top 15 games in the first two weeks of the season, and, and there were games that, that you look at and you say, wow, that ought to be a top five game, and it was like 13th or something. I mean, this is just such an overwhelming, uh, you know, you got McCaffrey with, at Stanford, and Stanford's picked to win the, the Pac-12, and they go to one of my favorite places to see a game, Manhattan, Kansas, and play against Bill Snyder. And, and this is not a classically great Kansas State team, but Snyder's, you know, it's tough to win at Kansas State. And, you know, there's just, it's just an abundance of, of great football games. This is one, I, I love to cover games in person, uh, but this is one where you wish you could get uh, – 
uh, Scotty to, to beam you from stadium to stadium. I'd love to be in, at Lambeau to see LSU play in the first uh, college game ever played there. Uh, I'd love to see Alabama and Southern Cal. It, it's not a classically great Southern Cal team. Alabama's getting them when they need to. I think by the end of the season, Southern Cal's going to be a better team. But it, it's still Southern Cal, and Alabama doesn't have a quarterback that's proven. So anything could happen there. Uh, Auburn-Clemson's a great matchup. Um, you know, I, it's just it's so many so many outstanding games at the start of the season. Well, I want to ask you something because one of the teams that uh, we often talk about is Southern Mississippi and their quarterback, Nick Mullins, and you mentioned uh, Alabama, and I'm not sure who's going to be the quarterback at Auburn. I know that Cooper Bateman probably looks to be in the front running at Tuscaloosa. But I think about all the great quarterbacks, Lynn, that, that, that have left the state of Alabama, Rivers uh, left and went to believe, what, NC State. You have all these players that right. leave the state of Alabama for whatever reason. They don't make the eye test at Auburn or, or Alabama. And then you have these, you know, to me, these battles that you hear about each year in Tuscaloosa and Auburn, but it's amazing they let a great player like Nick Mullins get out really close to your backyard. I believe what he went to Spain Park High School. That's right. Yeah, I, I can drive to his high school in 10 minutes from uh, from my house. Well, I mean, sometimes they slip through the cracks. And and, and, and let's just take the, the Auburn situation there. They signed Jeremy Johnson that year. And Jeremy Johnson, who will be a senior this year, um, is uh, or maybe he'll be a junior because he was redshirted, uh, but it's his fourth year in the program. Um you know, he was the number one player. He's Mr. Mr. Football State of Alabama, the number one quarterback in, uh, in the state of Alabama, the top ten quarterback in the country. And there's no reason that you would not have taken Jeremy Johnson. Now, I don't know that, that Nick Mullen narrowed it to an Auburn deal. I'm just giving a comparison there. We could do the same thing in the past year with Philip Rivers. But uh, you would take you'd take Jeremy Johnson in that circumstance, not knowing that, that uh, in his fourth year in the program, they're not going to be running the same kind of offense he was recruited for. Gene Chizik uh, was not running the same kind of offense that Jeremy Johnson was recruited for, and uh, so you come in and it's a it's a Nick Marshall offense. There's a reason Nick Marshall ran that that offense and not Jeremy Johnson because it was uh, it was his style of play. And you saw last year uh, it was sort of a round peg in a square hole with Jeremy Johnson trying to come out and operate that offense. Now he may do great this year, I don't know, but it's you know hindsight. As, as Coach Dye used to say, you know the old joke, hindsight's fifty fifty. Well, uh, hindsight's fifty fifty. You. You can uh, have a lot of players. I think the state of Florida and the state of Georgia would be would be probably the two, maybe the, the biggest states in the country to be able to, to kind of look over their shoulders because I don't think there's anybody uh, that lets players get out of their state as much as Florida and Georgia do that go to other schools instead of playing at Georgia or Georgia Tech or Florida, Florida State or Miami. And, uh, of course, they've got a larger larger number of players that are, that are rated high than, than your Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, the smaller population states. But, uh, but you know, this, you could you could make a case all the way around the country of, of great players that get out of their get out of their home state and go and become become stars at other places, and sometimes end up being a you know the catalyst on the field that defeats their home state team. Well, I want to t- talk to Lynn Scarborough from uh, Lindy's Magazine. We talk to him uh, every Saturday morning. Lynn takes you ten. Then I want to jump to the SEC East because we were talking with a, a mid-major report uh, before your segment, and one team that really. It's a mystery because you know they're now putting more emphasis on football. That's going to the Big Blue Nation uh, up in Lexington, Kentucky. And I look over that schedule. That first game, they host the Golden Eagles of the Southern Miss. And where is this Kentucky program? Is that a game that uh, Southern Miss can go in and steal one from the SEC? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I, I would. That, that's a tough one to. Uh, that's not one 
it's going to be among those top 15 games in the country because of the, the level of the two teams uh, traditionally and, and in recent years. But that's that's one of your better matchups, quite frankly. Uh, Kentucky's got a quarterback that's coming back uh, that that they liked in the spring, um, but he's not he's not up there with uh, you know with with uh, even Brandon Harris uh, or certainly not Josh Dobbs or Chad Kelly. And Kentucky's a better better ball team. Um, you know, Kentucky was picked either either fourth or fifth uh, in in votings um, in the conference, which which is probably more of a testament to how poorly thought of South Carolina, Missouri are, and, and and Vanderbilt to a point than it is Kentucky. But Stoops has been bringing in better players at Kentucky, and they're they're a more competitive ball team. Um, so they're not a they're not a bad team. They're they're not a championship contender in the SEC, but they're not a bad team. But hey, Southern Miss, look what they did last year. And um, and I, if if somebody pressed me on who I think will win that game, I'll take Southern Miss to go in there and win that game. Uh, it's certainly a game that Southern Miss can win, but it I mean it wouldn't surprise me for Kentucky to win. But another game that would be a lot of fun to watch because that's uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive start of the season for that ball game. Well, look at that. I think uh, Lindy's ranking has uh, Kentucky coming in as the 62nd best team in the country. They do have a good running back in uh, Stanley Williams is one Boom, that Boom does. Williams now. Boom Williams is good. He if Boom Williams was playing for one of the one of the traditional power teams, he'd be an all, uh, a more of an All SEC candidate. I think he was picked third team anyway by the media, but uh, but he would be more of a candidate if he was playing for one of the one of the other teams I named. Uh, certainly is. That's going to be one to uh, watch for in uh, the opening weekend. One of those games, so many great games to watch, but you're just going to have to have. That's one, Lynn, that I think it's going to be made better to be a fan at home than, than out on the road like you are. I know you'll be covering and you'll be checking your – well, you won't check your phone, but you'll be checking all the school boards and all the stadiums that you attend that opening weekend. Yep, sure. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah I'm not, I'm not going to miss going and covering games, but uh... – if there has ever been a weekend that would be tempting to say, uh, get me two TVs in front of me and give me a remote control in each hand, uh, that first weekend this, this season would be the season to look at. Well, Lynn, we've got to touch bases. It's been so long since we uh, talked with you. What What is going on at Lindy's now? You shouldn't have anything else to edit. I mean, I think you should be able to take at least a slight break, huh? I have on my desk right now a stack of probably uh, six different packets Um I start editing later today college basketball. I have I have all of the content for all of the quote smaller conferences, the the mid majors, um, even below the mid majors, the the those that are uh, in in the level that get automatic bids to the to the NCAA. Um, probably uh, probably a dozen conferences that uh, we will have edited by probably Tuesday. Uh, Sean O'Neill, our college basketball editor, flies in next Friday. And uh, all next week we will be putting together our college basketball magazine um, by a week. Let's see, two, two weeks from today, our college basketball magazine will be basically finished and ready to go to the press. So uh, two, two to three weeks before the first college football game is played, we will already have our college basketball predictions done and the, uh, and the magazine ready to go to the printer. Well, now I want to ask you how many uh, championship editions did you sell of the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers? Um, one of the few times that we have ever had a request for a reprint to go back to press. Uh, we sold some some places, some retailers literally sold out. Uh, others uh, sold 75, 80 percent of the of that was that was available, and we had we had a couple of areas 
uh, contacting us, uh, asking us if we would be willing to go back to press. And, of course, we did not do that. You can't afford to do it uh, without a guarantee on that because of the cost of, of going back to press. But extremely successful, uh, exceeded our expectations. We, uh, you know, we felt like that would be the case if they won. But, you know, after, after they get behind like they did, you've you got to figure that uh, that Golden State's going to win that. And, and we're one of the few people probably that were on board saying, you know, please, please come back and do the impossible and win this thing. Because it turned out to be a real, uh, a real good thing for Lindy's. Well, I certainly uh, enjoy uh, talking to you. Great to have you back on the air. Look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. And appreciate the job you do every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show and the great job that you do out in the mission field and the Ukraine. So it's always glad, always glad to talk to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Well, appreciate it, Nick. Yeah, looking forward to doing it, uh, doing it this season. We appreciate, uh, appreciate doing the show. Appreciate having the show during the week with you. And um, and looking forward to going to be a great football season. All right, Lynn, we'll talk to you again next week. That's been Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com.